0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rana Will Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. In fact, today, uh, we're going to start out with uh, the, dean. actually, the title of the show today. As I said, I'm mentioning that in the beginning from going forward. The title of the show today is, This is How Democrats Must Speak. Sanfronia Thompson on Texas Legi in D.C. Saki V. Ducey again. I mean, but this one was good. Uh, anyhow, folks, let's go ahead and get started on the line. Welcome aboard, to my peeps, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. Let's see, working and paying with time from your life. What is that, my dear friend? Let's see what it is that you have there, Bridge. I have never bought anything with money. Everything I have, I w- have, I have, was bought with pieces of time I sold from my life. Oh. Beautiful. Let me put that on the screen as I read the other things. Oh, that was a good one. Peggy Lopez, first thing I have been on time for all day. Well, welcome on time, Mademoiselle Lopez, Bridge MCP. Did Zaki say welcome back? This time, she didn't. I think she was pissed. Uh, This one actually got Zaki pissed. You'll see it. Anyway, L.A. County is having an uptick in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations. How many of the hospitalizations are fully vaccinated? None. The vaccines work, get vaccinated. Brothers and sisters, look, I was going to go on air probably like midnight after I started reading a whole lot of stuff because, uh, you know, it, it is like, I think we have to find a way to hold those people that are misinforming or good friends who are gullible who are or good friends who are susceptible to that message. Those people need to be held accountable. They need to be thrown in jail. They need to be they need to be sued. Because they're doing a bad thing. People, if you're watching me, if you're hearing me, do me a favor. I've had the vaccine, my wife has had the vaccine, my daughter has had the vaccine. Uh, my mother has had the vaccine. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't, don't be those people on the right that you see on TV or those people that in the ghettos and the barrios and these places that have fallen for the misinformation that has have them targeted. They're targeted. I think they're targeted for two reasons. One, to get rid of them. If not a lot of people think you' if you're if you are willing to believe this crap from people who are vaccinated that are telling you not to get vaccinated or trying to put doubts in your mind vaccinated they think a little bit about you they think let's get rid of you that's why it is so predominant inside of the ghettos it is so predominant inside of the barrios it is so predominant inside of appalachia you are expendable to these people you are expendable to them. So they rather see you dead. They rather see you dead than vaccinated. Folks, please go get your vaccine. Don't wait till your kid dies, your husband dies, your mother dies, your wife dies. And then say, "Oh, I see the light now. It's too late." Even if you go ahead and get it without having had a vaccine, the cytokine storm can really destroy Parts of your body that you don't realize For a long time, please go get that vaccine I don't care if you're on the right, the left It's not a political issue This is a This is an issue of humanity This is an issue of responsibility You have a kid You are responsible for your family It is responsible not to be vaccinated Please folks, please get vaccinated Bo of the fifth column says the debate over whether or not the vaccine work is over. Now the d- only debate is whether or not you're going to listen to a bunch of politicians who have a vested interest in not meeting vaccine goals, who are, at, who are staking their political uh, futures on things going bad for Americans. That's how Republicans plan to win. They want things to go to fail. They are hoping that everything goes wrong and that their constituents suffer so they will put the Republican Party back in power. I tell you what, I've heard that. I don't believe that. I am sorry. Because people eventually are going to know that if you don't get vaccinated, you die. If it's Republicans pushing you don't get vaccinated and you die, eventually people are going to blame these guys a- as well. And then that doesn't do anything. What I honestly think, a lot of the targeted targeted people right now for the vaccines or the ghettos, the barrios, and Appalachia. In other words, the sycophants, the, the, the white sycophants, black folks who already have a tendency to believe that the not a tendency they know that the medical system is not generally there for them, as well as Latinos también. And so they are using those things, and they don't mind killing off those people because the way they feel Appalachia, the critical thinking skills in Appalachia to them, they discard. The people in the ghettos and the barrios, on average, are not going to vote for them anyway, and they'll reduce the numbers of how many will actually vote Democratic. So please, I, I I don't think that thing about it is let the economy fail because I've I've thought about that some, I've believed it for a while. Now I'm completely in disregard for that because ultimately, by the time a lot of the by the time people start to see, people in red states are dying. People in blue states are not. Pockets in blue states where red people are dying, blue people won't. People are going to eventually make that connection. Oh, my God, they won't say it aloud because they'll be too embarrassed. But they're going to make that connection internally. And they're going to realize that their own people was trying to kill them. So that's my thought. Anyway, on a, uh, Michael Ronin also says, An unapologetic tax-rich message is the key to passing the Democratic budget plan. Ending Trump tax cuts as one of the acts as uh, as one of his first acts as president was one of Joe Biden's campaign promises. See video below that he is yet to deliver. As he said, it would be one of the first things he did. I tell you what, he's using it now as a pawn to actually get his by to get his bipartisan bill through. The Republicans could still screw him. Who knows? We'll see. Bridge MCP, I put that up on the screen for you, Bridge. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Uh, Eric Hayes, those people, uh, what the crap are you talking about? It is a personal freaking choice. It is not a personal choice if your choice kills me. Again, it. it you don't want to wear your mask. You don't want to take a vaccine. You don't want to do any of the things, but you want to be able to come into the space with me? Hell no. It's not a personal choice if your personal choice kills me. That's a fact. So I'm saying, if you don't want to take the vaccine, fine, don't take it. But stay away from those people who you can hurt. It's that simple. And the administration did not make it political. The only people that made it political were those on the right. Take a look at this stuff. It's simple. Egberto, let's test that. Hey, Trump supporters in the comment section, can you name something that Trump has ever done wrong? No, they haven't. They will never say Trump has done wrong until they die. There are a lot of them that come out later on and says it after all. I've had several tell me. Okay, Egberto, it's 11 second video. Mind playing it? What is it about? Tell me. Uh, I can't play it until you tell me what it's about. Eric, uh, I didn't, didn't shame people, but those people can harm, kill other. Exactly, that's, that's the bottom line. Personal choice, not get vaccinated, or social distance will infect others around you. If then, when you catch coronavirus, the idea of vaccinating is a personal choice. And, and let me tell you something else. The other thing about this personal choice thing is we all pool our money for you to go ahead and get insurance, et cetera. Your personal choice then, uh, then creates a problem for me. I know Eric. They avoid them. Then avoid them. You stay away. No, they. It's not me avoiding them. They are trying to get into our space. You have all these people that they try to get into your face. If you go into a store and the person tells you, "Oh, you got to wear your mask," they're like, "Oh, don't." They want to fight. They get on planes. These evil people get on planes infect trying to infect other folk and when somebody tells them to put a mask on they want to fight they are the ones invading our space if they will stay the hell away we'll be fine do whatever you want but if you are going to take this okay better to the video was biden promising to tax the rich okay i can play that let's go ahead and get that out for you here you go
1: this well guess what first thing i do is going to repeal this trump Wait,
0: let, let me start it from beginning for you there you go for the tax all right. Now, folks, uh, one of our, our g- researchers have asked to play the video from Biden. You know,
1: people say, well, Joe, how are you going to do all this? Well, guess what? First thing I do is going to repeal this Trump tax cut. <laughs> well, not a joke,
0: you know. OK, I did it for you, uh, say- uh, señor. Again, as you can see, people, when you have good stuff that you want others to see as proof, that is just what this program is all about. So you can go ahead and, and do things like that. All right, let, let, let's continue here with, um, let's see. better. Okay, uh, Eric cases, says, what about where it came from? Is there any finger pointing there? Look, it's not about finger pointing where it came from. I am tired of, oh, it, it's, a, it's a Chinese virus or whatever. When Americans came to the States and they brought the European virus and killed off the Indians, you want a finger point on that? Come on, a virus, nobody wants a virus to kill people. But I mean, if you want to start finger pointing about, oh, the virus originated in China. Okay, the smallpox virus originated in Europe. We brought it to America and we killed all the damn, in, the damn indigenous people here. You want to talk about that? So please, before you start trying to say, oh, should we point fingers? Look at the evil that we have done. Before you try to stalk evil on anybody else. Because we are just as guilty as others. We are just as guilty as others. Okay, Michael Chu, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Maybe we should go to the GOP way and file suit against people that make their personal choices that make me and my family sick. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because now, now in Texas at least, the law that they want to pass, they want to pass it that, okay... The government, they don't want the government suing individuals if they have an abortion, but they're saying we're giving private citizens the right to sue another private citizen if they think that other private citizen had an abortion. Oh, my God. Think about the kinds of things that are going on here. Eric says, no, you want to point finger here and there, and why? So, yes, others should be careful. Again, like I said, Smallpox and several other diseases was brought to the to the to America, and it annihilated it, ex- it, it annihilated many populations here. So before anyone starts talking about oh the Chinese virus and they they unleashed their virus on us and it killed a lot of Americans, remember when the European virus came to the United States of America annihilated a lot of people. That's why critical thinking is important. That's why you want to teach all these different subjects and real history. Because you don't teach that, you create ignorant people. Ignorant people are created not because they're bad, but because they're ignorant. And how are they ignorant? Because we do not teach appropriately. That's why we have great folks in my Chat room here, Michael Rodnin that does research. Dimitri OG, welcome aboard. Hola, hermano. E2247, Bridge MCP, Roberto Lewis, Norman Reynolds, Rose Williams. Very smart people around. You have questions in our room. Talk to our room. We have a well versed room. If somebody's really looking to say, we want together. To get smarter, so that the charlatans that make up our political system, specifically on the right, but somewhat on the left as well, cannot cannot mess with us. Everyone is held accountable accordingly, and that is what is on that person to do the right things. So it is a, it's not it, accountability means nothing if you're dead. Okay, it means nothing if you're dead. Anyhow, I'm done with these messages I think I, I saluted everybody Let's see, Bre, uh, Dimitri OG, welcome aboard Michael Rodden, welcome aboard Rose Williams, welcome aboard Eric Case. welcome aboard uh, Everett Avery-Herald, welcome aboard to the PDR Passi. Thank you so kindly guys for all being here We're going to start with Senfronia With Representative, the Dean of the House Senfronia Thompson, love this woman And she's out there in Washington fighting for us Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right, I'm your host today. We have a the most special guest in the country right now. We're talking about Representative Sinfronia Thompson, the dean of the Texas House. Someone that has been there for over 50 years and knows exactly how the system works. Representative, thank you so kindly for spending this time with Politics Done Right. I am delighted to be on your show. Well, let me tell you something. This is this is important because I don't know if America knows the severity of what we're talking about. And uh, having you as the leader in this in this motion, I think is quite important. So what I'd like you to do for uh, for us is explain to America exactly what is happening in Texas, because I think they just think it's a it's a voting thing that affects just a bunch of black people. In effect, this affects everybody. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? It's a a bill that would affect everyone. Uh,
2: What is really going on is uh, the legislature is trying to strip away the voting rights of people. Here's how they're trying to do it. Um, We have been very progressive, uh, probably due to the pandemic last year, and trying to uh, create uh, conditions where people can go safely and cast their vote. We believe in the security of the vote. We believe in the transparency uh, in voting. And we want to make sure that people have a right to have a voice in their democracy if they if they choose. And how do you do that? You do that through the process of voting. In Harris County, we had some drive through voting, which means that those persons. uh, And we found out that 60 percent of the person who went and drove through to cast their vote, 60 percent of them were women. And what happens is this, you get off at about 11 o'clock at night. You know, the polls are normally closed at seven. But if you have a 24 hour voting uh, center where you can drive through, cash your vote, don't even have to get out of your car. And you can just drive on and keep voting, keep voting and drive on and go home. It helps those mothers who have just picked their kids up, put them in the car, at 11 o'clock at night, they're driving home so she can get them in, but she can stop off a few minutes, cast her ballot, and keep going. Never have to wake the kids up to get to move out of the car and go inside of a voting facility to vote. They do not want larger urban areas to have that flexibility in voting. We had uh, 24-hour voting. The bill that is before the Texas legislature that we walked out on and refused to allow them to strip our citizens of their voting rights would deprive people with disabilities the opportunity to participate in government. Here's how that would happen. Let's say, for instance, that they got a mail ballot. And because of that disability, they want to send it in and you're required to sign your name on the back of it. You'll be required to put your uh, driver's license number on on it someplace or your last four numbers or your social. Now, if this ballot is supposed to be a sealed ballot, how are they going to get the number, your driver's license off of that envelope inside unless they open the envelope? In addition to that, you're supposed to sign it. Many times people, a person with disability have acquired a driver's license or a identification card, maybe five years ago. What happens when they have a stroke and they have the inability to sign their name like they did five years ago? That ballot is gonna be thrown out because they're gonna have an individual person who's not skilled and trained in handwriting uh, expertise to just look at it and say, oh, this doesn't look like Elvis uh, signature at all. Look at it What five years ago and look at it now. You can hardly tell who, whose signature it is. It doesn't take into consideration things that may have happened that would impede the, the signature of that particular person. And it creates some other problems. The they poll watchers. The election judge would be unable to dismiss a poll watcher and the poll watcher is going to have them run the run of the precinct. They can come they can look over your shoulder and see who how you're voting. They can come close enough if you're a person who's standing there talking to yourself. So I'm wondering, should I vote for this person or this person? And they'll listen to your conversation. They can get close enough to hear what you have to say. There's, there is a problem and there's a violation of some constitutional rights there. So it looks like to me that what the Republicans want to do in this legislation is to manipulate the laws so it would benefit them rather than to benefit the people of this state. And the reason that we left, and particular the reason that I left, I had to go back into history, Albert, and I had to do some reflections. And when I did some reflections, I thought about my grandparents who reared me and how they used to work for $2 a week. And they would save pennies and nickels because they couldn't afford to save quarters. A quarter we saved was a whole lot of money back then. Particularly if you had two dollars that you were making, you had to pay your transportation to your job and from your job. So you're really gonna end up with less than the total two dollars. And then they saved up enough money to be able to vote. And we didn't have the mode of transportation like we have today where buses were running frequently, or you can grab a, a van from the church. Those things were just didn't exist. And you had to go a long, they had to go a long ways to cast their ballot. And they can only vote in general elections. Because if you were black, you were not permitted to vote in the primaries. It was not until Thurgood Marshall won a case called Lonnie Smith versus the state of Texas that we were able to vote in the primaries in the state of Texas. And it was, that came about sometime in the early 60s. So when I thought about my grandparents and all the things that they went through, and I had an opportunity to see the people who had been beaten because they tried to get a right to vote. They had been hosed down with fire uh, hose, water knocking them down. Dogs leached on them where they would be bitten, beaten with bibi clubs, churches bombed, buses set on fire. Many people were killed just trying to get the right to vote that was guaranteed all Americans under the Constitution of the United States. When I saw those sort of things and I went back into the powers of my mind in history, it was difficult for me, a person who had to buy a poll tax when I first voted, for me to sit there and remain a hostage in the house of representatives in texas and let those people rip away my constituents constitutional rights to participate in government it was wrong it was wrong then and it's wrong now and i'll tell them they're wrong so why are we here why are we here why are we looking now at a bill that want to do all these things Just go back a few uh, just a few years ago the governor and the lieutenant governor lost Harris County. And they are for re-election next year and they don't want to repeat of that. They don't want it to be repeated that the people of Harris County may not vote for them and they may lose Harris County in the re-election of their offices. We have people of color. Texas is now 30 million people. 84% of them are people of color. And the 15% are still trying to dominate that 84%, and we're having people of color win offices of various kinds at every level of our government. And that to them is a to the 15% or the 16% that remains, that is a complete threat to them. Why would I want to pass a bill where they're gonna send poll watchers there that look like the Proud Boys in a black or brown precinct. Why would I want to do that? Just the mere presence of them is intimidating, walking around you looking like they, they're gonna uh, prevent you from doing something. It, it sends, It's a chilling effect of people who walk in that booth to try to cast their ballots. And, I would, and I'm just so disappointed that Texas has gotten to that position and many other states across this nation have also gotten to that position, that the only way that they feel like the democracy to continue to work in this country is that they must rip away the rights of people of color to vote in America. That the people of color should not have a voice in their government if they want to. All of us want transparency. All of us want secure elections. And the Governor Abbott's own Secretary of State said the 2020 election was the most safest, secure and transparent election. So if all of that happened, why are we here?
0: Exactly. What's interesting representative is that that same Attorney General Ken Paxton went on uh, conservative TV and said that had it not been for him suppressing the vote in Harris County, Donald Trump would have lost the uh, Texas the election in Texas. Isn't that sort of revealing?
2: I thought that was such an emboldening uh, position to take, but he was willing to suppress the vote and publicly admi- admit, yes, I suppressed the vote because had I not suppressed the vote, my lord and
0: savior Donald Trump would not have won. Now, let me ask you this, because you're in Washington, DC, with with your crew, and um, do you see the ur- that do you feel that uh, the Democrats that you find on the national stage are they expressing the urgency that we can all see not only in Texas but in other states as well? Well, today I uh, I had an opportunity to visit
2: with Senator Matching from Virginia, and uh, we uh, uh, could have had a, a a nicer person to visit with a person who was uh, uh, seemed to be quite understanding of our plight. And he allowed us to talk to him about what is actually happening to us here in Texas. He allowed to, uh, us to uh, tell him he listened to what we had to say. And uh, he didn't say it to us. He said, you know, I thought you all were going to walk in here and talk to me about the filibuster. Well, you know, we're all politicians. We know sometimes you have to work with people across the aisle and sometimes you feel like that maybe, you know, you give them another uh, lease on life in order to come around to what you believe would be the right approach for them to take. And I went, and we said, no, we want to talk to you about what our plight is and how you believe that, how we, you believe that you can help us. And that, and in the end of the conversation, we talked about the Voters' Rights Act that was knocked down in the Alabama, uh, Shelby versus Alabama case in, in 2013. We talked about the new case that uh, the Roberts Court just uh, ruled upon where they literally killed all aspects of the Voters' Rights Act. VR4 uh, and VR2, right? Pardon me? VR4 and VR2. Yes, absolutely. And, um, he talk, and we told him about the need of those those provisions being back in law. And then he he went and went through an enumeration of years and he showed us that he didn't understand it because the Congress had the almost unanimously voted year after year after year in an effort to be able to uh, reauthorize the voting, the voting Rights Act. Uh, and he couldn't understand why there's a, there was such a withdrawal from that position after they had voted for it during the time of uh, President George W. Bush in 2000, I think in seven. Right. reauthorization, yes. yes. And so he says, uh, we talked about guardrails that he want to put on there, uh, the bill, um, making the, the, uh, the national holiday for, for uh, voting uh, on federal, at the federal level. And we talk about him reinstituting particularly for the state of Texas, the Voters' Right Act, and how we felt like the, that Voters' Right Act would be a protection uh, for people to have a right to vote, who wanted, who were eligible to vote, to have a say in that government if they decided that they wanted to do that. So we had, I believe, what, we, what I would consider a very meaningful uh, conversation with him today.
0: Now let's get to uh, one last thing, and that is the practicality of uh, what you're actually doing now. Uh, The the session will end in about three weeks. Uh, In three weeks, I imagine everybody will be returning to Texas, after which the governor would immediately have another session. Will you all then go to that other session, or will you – well, I know you can't really tell a strategy, but uh, but will you – would you likely, given that you have some assurances on the federal level, would you likely go ahead and just let the bill pass? I know every Democrat will vote no on the bill – but let it pass knowing that all the laws that are being passed that, that are voter oppressive laws will actually be rendered moot by uh, the federal side. Okay. Let me, uncouple those of those three, three,
2: three, um, uh questions that you asked me. First of all, we don't know at what uh, time that the federal law would be passed if, if one is passed. Uh, he just believed that if, if the bill was streamlined down to uh, several things that that, he probably get enough support to put in place some safeguards that would be very helpful and beneficial. And I saw that as a way of, or a means of building upon something once you have something in place. And secondly, uh, we don't know what our strategy may be at the end of this first uh, special session. Uh, so I can't speak to that because I really don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. And thirdly, the Republicans if they have a quorum can pass the bill at any time because they have the votes and we don't, we can't, we can't stop them. The only way that we were able to stop them this time is because of the fact that, you know, we left. And the, the governor is saying that we are causing um, our leaving is causing the uh, uh, six of the agencies uh, under the, he, he vetoed the legislative branch of the. He did that. That's not your
0: You're doing that's what he did.
2: He did that because what we did was we have an we have a constitutional obligation to pass a budget. We passed the budget. We gave it to the governor, and he made the decision to veto the legislative branch. He he made the decision to do that and to punish those people. And now he wants to say it is our problem, but it's not his, our problem. It's his problem because he created it.
0: Oh, we'll make sure to let that be known quite widely that it is that, that what he's uh, and he's bringing up the issues with teachers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which again,
2: well, we voted, we voted for the teachers' bill. Right. We voted, we voted for a teachers' bill and a, and and we voted for cola for teachers, and those bills went to the calendars committee. The calendars chairman is a Republican, and the majority of the people on the calendar committee are Republicans. They could have let that bill out at any time they wanted to and passed
0: it. We, all, we always know that the Republicans are not into teachers anyway, but um, uh, they're not into education. They're not into any of those things. I know as, as the dean of the Congress, you can't quite address that, but um, <clears throat> that I can. <laughs> anyway, uh, Representative, um, the last question I always ask anybody that I speak to is, what would you have liked me to ask you, or what would you like to let our audience know that we didn't get to? Well, one of the things i like like my audience to know is that
2: we believe so much that the right to vote, as Lyndon Johnson said in 1965 on August the 6th, is the greatest right that we have. And it gives a person right to have a say in their government. And my constituents can be assured of one thing that I'm going to do everything I possibly can to protect their right to vote. It's not a privilege, it's a right. There's a right that cannot be taken from them. And I don't want that, I don't want that right stripped away from them. Republicans want to manipulate the laws where it would benefit them to stay in power.
0: There is no doubt that your district has the person who needs to be there fighting for them. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Representative Sanfronia Thompson, it's been my pleasure oh, to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Anyhow, um, would, would you guys believe Sanfronia Thompson is 82 years old? She doesn't even look like she's in her 70s, let alone her 60s. It is amazing how that woman looks. I mean, she is, um, you know, I think, I think yesterday when I told her that how great she looked, she thought I was BSing her, but I was serious as hell. Anyhow, folks, uh, let's continue the pro... Oops! Time, uh, it's 3.30. Uh, Folks, please, if you are on YouTube, click that join button. Please become a member of our PDR Posse, a member of our PDR Posse. Uh, go ahead, and uh, if you join today, we'll be happy. We're we're just, we, we finally crossed 300 on the PDR Posse on YouTube, but we're stuck on one thirty at the Patreon. So anyhow, you can support us by going to politicsonride.com slash YouTube, politicsonride.com slash YouTubes. If you're not on on Facebook, I mean, if you're not on YouTube, then can hit that join button. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon, politicsandright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P A T R E O N. I repeat the spelling because this is also on podcast, politicsandright.com slash P A T R E O N. You can also support us via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Get our books or our t shirts and hoodies and all of that at our store. Get all this stuff, politicsandright.com slash store. If you buy our books, any one of our books, including the latest book, How to Make America Utopia, I'll include that with a sticker, with a uh, stuff that you can put on your... Hey folks, today is Roberto Luis's birthday. Happy birthday to mi hermano. Cumpleaños feliz. Que te cumplas muchos años. Muchos años feliz. That's my brother, Roberto Lewis. It's his birthday today. I won't tell his age, but one somebody in the posse's birthday today, we have to celebrate our brother in the posse. Anyhow, you can also get our books at politicsunright.com slash books. politicsunright.com slash books. And folks, please remember, everything that you do with us is to keep allowing me to do what I'm doing right now. And by the way, I don't know if I give you guys the great news. The great news is this. In October, Netroots is having a quasi, you know, every, every year Netroots, we have that posse. We're all the, the big bloggers and, 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 and uh, progressive writers and everybody else. We meet in, in some city, in some major city in the country. Well, af- of course, we missed 2020 because of the pandemic. We did it completely online by Zoom. This year, we're trying it out slowly. Usually, we get about three to 5,000 people that show up to this event every year. This year, they're doing it. Uh, they're, they're Instead of having four and five hotels, they're doing it at one hotel in D.C., and uh, then the rest is going to be online. So that means it's limited spacing. And that means the amount of media that they're gonna have is not gonna be a whole lot of media like we normally have. Radio Row is usually huge. We have, you know, people from all over, media from all over the world, because again, it's the most important uh, progressive, um, progressive thing. But I just want you guys to know that yours truly got one of the coveted spots on Radio Row on a limited thing in DC in October. Yours truly will be transmitting that week of the Netroots from Washington, D.C. And we'll do the program from Washington, D.C. Because we got chosen to be one of the independent networks that are going to be there. So I want to first of all thank Netroots. And secondly, thank you guys. Because don't think when people are figuring out who is best to think, they don't look at your audience as well. They do. So thank you guys. When we come, I have to create a, a, a. I'm gonna have to do a GoFundMe to get a a, a new computer for the a portable computer. So that'll come sometime later. But anyhow, folks, I want to thank you guys again. It is because of you that we can do what we do. And what we'll be doing is interviewing politicians, activists that you've never heard of, activists that you've heard of. It, you, th- that is a place where you saw me interview a couple of governors and et cetera, etc. We'll we'll do all of that. A couple of senators. Um, We'll get all of that for you and bring that to you live And those of you that give us that great support We'll try to have something I'll try to see if I can get some of them to have a direct message To to those of you that really you know, throw yourself into what we're doing here my friends Anyhow, so enough of that Please again, click that join button Become a member of the Politics Done Right Posse The PDR Posse Uh, So let's go ahead and do that all right, let's see how we do this, how we go here now, where we go from here. Oh, I want you to listen to this. Tim Kane. No, let's show the Gen Saki video first, and then we'll take it on the other side. Oh, now you it? have to ask yourself the question. The goal that somebody has to make the issue that the administration is spying on those who are misinforming. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, what we do as a government is people who are causing other people harm. It is our responsibility to find out about it and stop it. Are police officers spying on all those people in the hood when they're keeping watchful eyes to make sure things don't go wrong? It's amazing the selectiveness with which Peter Ducey and Fox News want to make this a big brother issue that somehow the administration is spying on those people who are in effect getting people killed. I think she made mincemeat out of him once again and she needs to continue doing so. The evil within those that will continue to lie to the American people to get them not to be vaccinated and then at the same time Want to make an issue out of that as opposed to the life saving issues of a vaccine should be mitigated. Good job. Very good job, Jen Sack. Speaking of misinformation
1: and the announcement from yesterday, for how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation?
3: Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you okay. know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets and we've as as, as let me finish, fast, as we are as we Facebook. are in regular touch with social media platforms. This is publicly uh, open information, people sharing information online just as you are all reporting information on your news stations.
1: But, okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals. Do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile?
3: I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on facebook information that is traveling is inaccurate our biggest concern here and i frankly think it should be your biggest concern is the number of people who are dying around the country because they're getting misinformation that is leading them to not take a vaccine but young people old people kids children this is all being a lot of them are being impacted by misinformation the big concern
1: though i think for a lot of people on facebook is that now this is big brother watching
3: you They're more concerned about that than people dying across the country because of a a pandemic where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. That feels unlikely to me. If you have the data to back that up, I'm happy to discuss it.
0: Now, you have to ask yourself the question. The gall that somebody has to make the issue that the administration is spying on those who are misinforming. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken... What we do as a government is people who are causing other people harm. It is our responsibility to find out about it and stop it. Are police officers spying on all those people in the hood when they're keeping watchful eyes to make sure things don't go wrong? It's amazing the selectiveness with which... Peter Ducey and Fox News want to make this a big brother issue that somehow the administration is spying on those people who are in effect getting people killed. I think she made mincemeat out of him once again, and she needs to continue doing so. The evil within those that will continue to lie to the American people to get them not to be vaccinated, and then at the same time, want to make an issue out of that as opposed to the life-saving issues of a vaccine should be mitigated. Good job. Very good job, Jen Sack. Absolutely good job. The other thing I want to play now is Tim Kaine. Uh, right now, you know, Republicans are trying to make an issue out of how much spending is being done and And uh, Mitch McConnell is, oh, it's socialism and all that kind of stuff. Of course, what he did with uh, with the tax cut scam, that was what the the classic definition of of corporate or wealthy socialism. But let's go ahead and talk about it here. I always found Tim Kaine a bit too moderate for my taste, but he's a very good Democrat. Uh, But today, uh, his answer actually impressed me. I want you to listen to this. And then let's go ahead and take it on the other side, because he did a darn good job.
1: Virginia Democratic Senator Tim Kaine, he is, of course, a member of the Budget Committee, which developed the proposed three and a half trillion dollar reconciliation infrastructure bill. So Republican leader Mitch McConnell was asked about the reconciliation bill during an appearance on Fox News this morning. And, and I want to play for you and our viewers some of what he had to say about it. Listen, it's an introduction of socialism into America done on a one-party
2: basis in a Congress that's virtually tied. You know,
1: Senate's 50-50. The House has a couple of seat Democratic majority. They didn't get a mandate to do this stuff. They're not going to have any Republicans help them do this
2: stuff. This is a left-wing dream of Bernie Sanders, fulfilled, uh, they hope, uh, on a very narrow vote with no, no room to spare, jam this down the throats of the American people.
1: That's what Senator McConnell says about the reconciliation. What is your response and what should Americans know about what will be in this legislation? That, that was almost word for word what Republicans said about Social Security in the 1930s, and they tried to stop it. And yet what it did was it cut the elderly poverty rate from 50 percent to 10 percent. Um, And his claim that reconciliation is wrong. Look, the Republicans, when they had a narrow majority, they used reconciliation to do tax cuts for the rich. And they used reconciliation to try to take health care away from 30 million people. Thank God we stopped them on that. Reconciliation is a tool. Um, They can vote yes, they can vote no. But I feel really good about this hard work that we've done to put together a great package. Eamon, I could talk about a lot of pieces of it, but let me just talk about one that I just view as so powerful. This will be the biggest investment in America's children that we will have made in the history of the United States. When you combine the effects of the child tax credit, which is kicking in today and people are receiving support for children who live with them, with expanded child care funding and universal pre-K, and helping parents pay for their kids to go to college. This will be, to children, what social security was to seniors. And this is just one part of the bill. I think this is gonna be enormously popular with Americans in every zip code in this country, Democrats, Republicans, independents. And I'm so excited to be on the budget committee and having worked with my colleagues to craft a framework.
0: I mean, that was excellent. One of the most important things, This is going to be to to children what Social Security is to seniors, and seniors love their Social Security. But let's get a few things out of the way first. Number one, uh, he said that Congress is virtually tied, and and, and as such, Democrats don't have the mandate to do what they're doing with changing into a more progressive atmosphere. Here's the reality. The Congress is not tied. We have a 50-50 Senate. In numbers, because the Senate is an undemocratic body. Do remember that the 50 senators that represent Democratic states have a hell of a lot more people than the 50 senators that represent red states. So that 50-50 number in the Senate does not equ- is not equivalent to the amount of people in the country. Uh, more people in the country are voting Democratic. Most people in the country are voting progressive it's a lie that the congress is 50 50 not even close and in the house gerrymandering has a larger percentage of uh of republicans there that should be there absent something like gerrymandering when he says that that the people do not have it for these policies every single one of these policies polls at 60 percent or more for the things that Democrats are doing, they poll very high. The ones that don't have a mandate are those who are attempting to stop this progress through some sort of a technical means within that undemocratic body called the, the Senate of the United States. Now, let me tell you one other thing that, that Tim Kaine did that was excellent. Uh, this is a tax cut that all middle-class people making under $150,000 with families making $150,000 a year are going to feel. They're going to feel that $300 a month, that $600 a month, that $900 a month based on how many kids they have. They will feel that and see that in their bank accounts right away. But here's the deal. Remember, this is going to a large percentage of children. The tax cut scam that was not paid for, that they claimed will trickle down, that didn't, but instead went for stock buybacks, instead went to the top 0.1%, that nobody saw it. And that was $1.5 trillion or more effectively. So starting to put this narrative together, Tim Kaine did a good job. I think he could have expanded a few more, but he, there's just a limited amount of time that he has to say these things. It is very good That he said that tax credit that the middle class actually feel in their hands, $300 or $600 or $900 or $1,200 a month, based on how many kids you have, is something you can feel. And Democrats and progressives have to go out there day after day and let Americans know, you don't put us back into office. This stuff ain't permanent. You don't put us back into office, they will take it away and give it to the persons that they always give it to, the ultra-witch, and you will continue your decline. Your vote matters. Your vote matters. Very, very important. There it is on the screen for you, Michael Roden. There it is on the screen for you. Um, Herrick says, Egberto, your point is flawed. He's talking about the Senate. And it's how things are in the Senate. Work within the system, but you think it should be changed to suit your fancy. It's not my fancy. The Senate changing to have filibusters was their fancy, their racist fancy, to prevent majorities from running. That is what it's all about, sir. There's no part of the Constitution where any definition allows for a filibuster that says a supermajority is the only thing that can get laws passed. They are not working within the system. And by the way, even working with the filibuster, even working by doing things by reconciliation is working the system because reconciliation is a part of the system. So please, again, one of the problems we have on the right is that they make you ignorant. I don't don't mean, I'm not talking on a personal basis. I'm just saying, the instructions you get from the right is ignorance. They don't tell, I mean, it is like, okay, he, he didn't pass it legally. He passed it through reconciliation. And then all the people on the right go crazy. Oh my God, he passed it through reconciliation. Yeah, reconciliation is a part of the rules as well. So yes, he followed the rules to pass it. And by the way, the tax cut scam That gave all of your money To the rich people Was passed through reconciliation From Trump and his people And his sick offense Please remember that, people Bridge MCP said, Egberto, why didn't you play Bobby Kennedy? I didn't I, Did I have Bobby, I don't think I had Bobby Kennedy uh, I, I, I saw it though I, I saw the thing today I did see it, I did see it But anyhow, let me play the last one And then it will come right back to you It's another Tim Kaine one that I think it's important Tim Kaine had an unfortunate truth about the two different tracks, the two different bills that are being put out there. He, what, he, what he points out uh, is there is a bigger... T- well, i tell you what. Let's listen to what he says first, and then we'll take it on the other side. I think that is important, and then we'll take it on the other side. Are you concerned
1: about the price tag of this bill? And how do you convince Democrats, members of your own caucus, who may be a little bit uh, skittish about the price tag? You know, what What I said going into this, Eamon, and I was sort of in a in a moderate position among the budget Dems. I had, you know, folks to the left of me and at least one to the right of me and what the price tag should be. I said in the aftermath of uh, once-in-a-century pandemic that killed 600,000 people and that caused a mass catastrophe in the economy, we should go big rather than go small, but we should pay for it. The, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, I'm not sure it's going to be completely paid for because Republicans generally don't like pay-fors. But on the reconciliation bill, let's go big, but let's pay for it. And as, the, as we you know, work this through, that's a commitment that we have, and I think we're going to be able to accomplish it. So as long as we pay for it, um, I feel like we ought to go big. This is still a moment where Mm. millions of people are not working who would want to be. People can't come back into the labor force. And uh, we got to build an economy that is more sustainable, more equitable, and every bit as robust as the pre-pandemic economy.
0: I want to make one correction to what he said first. I don't want an economy that is... As bold as the pre-pandemic economy, because that pre-pandemic ec- academy, uh, economy was still skewed towards the rich, and the middle class and the poor were still ultimately in decline. In other words, we were still getting mass uh, ec- uh, uh, wealth inequality and income inequality that that was maintained. But what he said is interesting. It is more likely then the big tax $3.5 trillion bill would be paid for than the the one in the, the bipartisan bill. And why won't the bipartisan bill get paid for? Because they don't, like taxing. They don't like to tax the people that need to be taxed. And the people that they don't mind taxing, poor people, ain't got the money to pay for this stuff because all the monies are going to the top. Now, let's go into a bit of economics here. Everybody claims that, well, with all this spending, should we be worried about inflation? And we say, no, we don't have to worry about inflation because if it's done correctly, and notice that 3.5 billion dollar, uh, $3.5 trillion dollar uh, a reconciliation bill that only Democrats will pass. Let's go ahead and say, oh, that's a lot of influx over ten years of an extra three hundred and fifty billion dollars or so into the economy. Many money, um, modern monetary theorists says that we have a slack in spending in about between six to eight hundred billion dollars. So that still does not cover the amount of additional liquidity we could add into the, econo- the into our economic system. But let's go ahead and talk about how do we dampen that? Dampen that anyway? Remember what we just said uh... the democrats want to pay for their three point five trillion but who will pay for that three point five trillion those people at the top one percent mostly and why because they have been garnering all of the growth in income All of the growth in wealth. So what we're doing is taking back some of that and paying for these things. And how does that cool the market? Well, supposedly if they were going to invest on the things that they want that further heat the market, we're saying, no, we'll put a damper on it by taking some of that money that you earned off of the people who are looking for wages, who are looking looking for what they've earned to get some of that back that you have stolen legally. Get that back into their hands. In other words, you didn't pay them $15 an hour. You didn't pay them $20 an hour so that you could give your shareholders humongous benefits. Remember, everything that shareholder has, every billion that Bezos has, every billion that Bill Gates has came out of the monies they did not pay our regular average citizen who actually made them rich. Remember that there is no there should be no concern about having the rich pay for these services that bring kids up that brings our economy up that brings our infrastructure back because they've already paid for it with the monies that you have taken to enrich yourself by not paying them their worth which would have also gone partially into taxes to do all these things so no Please frame the debate correctly. I'm glad that uh, Tim Kaine started the debate. Now let's end the debate by boldly, boldly letting it be known that you must be taxed to take some of that excess labor you've legally stolen from the average American citizen. And you know, that is something a lot of people don't understand. Oh, if, if well, if, the 1% doesn't have enough to pay... Uh, uh, <laughs> then you really don't understand wealth in this country. If you think the 1% doesn't have enough money, you, first of all, they, right now as it is, they pay most of the taxes because that is where the money is. But the fact of the matter is they owe a lot more. And why do they owe a lot more? Because we are the ones who do the work. We are the ones who make them rich. We are the ones who make them wealthy. Those people that have all this sort of, a oh, you have wealth envy. It's not wealth envy. It's just that our economic system is designed to exploit all of you go to work, all of you go and work very hard, and you make more money than they give you. And the extra money that they make, which they didn't give you, goes to the shareholders who are sitting on their butts. I want you guys to understand these things. It's important. Um, I, I, I'll try to find the link about the Slack in the Economy Um I think it was done by – I read it uh, from – what's her name? The, the woman who is the expert on it. I can't remember her name right now. Elizabeth. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. Anyhow, we got to get out of here. Um, please, folks, please remember to go click on that Join button. Become a part of our PDR Posse uh, on YouTube. Or you can just go to politicsonright.com slash YouTube, politicsonright.com slash YouTube. You can support us on Patreon by going to politicsunright.com slash Patreon. You can support us on uh, at, our, or at, at PayPal by going to politicsunright.com slash PayPal. And you can support us at our store by going to politicsunright.com slash store. But please, please, please get our books because a lot of what we talk here helps on the understanding it's in our books. Please go to politicsunright.com slash books, politicsunright.com slash books. Books. My name is Egberto. Uh, by the way, as far as uh, you're correct, Bridge M.C.P. It was Tom Hartman's piece that had the Kennedy's, um, the Kennedy's thing. But anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what out.